Welcome, everybody, to the Yo Kid Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Gargano. This is the podcast that surrounds everything youth sports. So I've covered pro and college sports at the highest level, and I have fallen in love with youth sports. I'm a big believer in sports for children. I, I just think it's a it's such a great at, uh, great outlet and keeps them out of trouble. Keeps them they learn so many great life lessons. So as we go forward with the podcast, we're going to be talking to a lot of different people in the world of youth sports. We'll talk to some professional athletes who have children of themselves. We'll talk about the journey of the athlete. We'll highlight some of the terrific youth uh, sports athletes across the Delaware Valley and beyond. Uh, but really, we really wanted to try to give some advice to the parents. Listen, if you got a good story, good idea, please, like I said, hit me up and we'll get to Yo Kids Sports Podcast. Welcome back to another Yo Kids Sports Podcast. Very excited because our next guest is when it comes to football and it comes to college football, youth sports, he's done it all. He's been in a high school level. He's been at three top-notch university programs between Temple, Baylor, Nebraska. He's been at the NFL level with the Carolina Panthers. He's now at the University of Nebraska where he is uh, the GM of the Huskers program Sean Padden joins us. What do you say, Sean? Anthony, how are you? How is everything? Good, man. Good to see you guys, man. Really, it's been uh, it's been a lot of been a big, big deal for you guys. You know, going you and Matt Rule going in Nebraska, Lincoln, the storied program, and just getting started. What a great story! It's it's amazing. You know, you come here and you you pass the the Tom Osborne statue and you. You just see that big N and it, it's just wild. I was talking to one of our strength coaches during walkthrough this morning and, and just like got to be gratitude first. You know what I mean? When it comes to all this, because just never, you know, first time I strapped on pads were for the lower Providence Warriors uh, way back <laughs> when. And, and, uh, and, and to be sitting here in Nebraska, it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, it's amazing. The lower Providence Warriors. I love it. You, you got to tell people about your journey, which is such a beautiful one. I mean, it took you to Catholic University. It took you as a coach to Albright, which is a great coaches school. People don't realize that that conference produces a lot of NFL coaches. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I talk to guys all the time about, you know, my journey started, you know, I played football in, in high school at Bishop Kenrick uh, in Norristown, Pennsylvania. And, uh, and then I went on to Catholic University, and I was pretty much a scout teamer. I played a little bit on special teams, but was more or less a scout teamer. Uh, and then I was a student assistant there and just got bit by the bug, you know, said, this is, you know, I was an accounting undergrad and, you know, was supposed to come home for job interviews and had to call dad and say, I think I'm going to coach football, you know, and he was real quiet. And he goes, all right, just make sure they pay for your master's degree. I said, you got it. Uh, and then I, at Albright College is where I met Matt Rule. Uh, we were both 23 years old, both uh, coaching football and, and decided that this is what we wanted to do with our careers. And the defensive coordinator was Jeff Collins, uh, oh. for, you know, former head coach at Georgia Tech. So I yeah. had the D-line, Rule had the linebackers and Collins had the secondary. And, and we had more fun than you could ever imagine. Some of those guys uh, are still good friends of mine. I ended up years later uh, helping out at Monsignor Bonner, uh, 
Tom Fitty was the defensive coordinator. I was his D line coach. We recruited Fitty to to Albright out of Bonner. So that place and 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 coaching D three ball. I tell young guys all the time, and and you know when they're asking about their career path, I say, you know what, if you can afford it, because it's hard. You're not making much money. I made eighteen hundred bucks that first year, uh, living in a dorm, eating in the cafeteria like I was a freshman all over again. <laughs> but you got to coach your own position. You got to recruit your own area. You got to run your own meetings. When I became, you know, as I got up to higher levels beyond that, and and helping full time position coaches. I was so much better at being prepared and being able to anticipate what they needed for meetings, what they needed to be prepared for themselves. So those first couple of years as, uh, you know, as a guy just grinding and out, making no money at the D3 level, really, in my opinion, paid off because I had a much better perspective when I became a graduate assistant uh, at the University of Albany. It's funny. I hear that story. Um, from a lot of really successful people in the NFL and in college football. Andy Reid told me that uh, he had gotten married at a very young age at, at when I was at, while he was at BYU and uh, he and his wife, Tammy were living, they, he was working at San Francisco state. And when they would have uh, like a team function, it was like they have all the hot dogs and he loved it because it was like free food. He's like, I got to eat my hot dogs. And, you know, date night was, they had no money. They would walk around the wharf, get like an ice cream cone. And like, that was, you know, you, you were, everything revolved around, look, cause you make no money. So whatever you got, like a, a university function and you got some food, like that was all part of the whole deal. Yeah. It's a, the, you know, being here, you know, we've got a lot of resources. So the young guys on our staff, they, you know, they're getting fed left and right. You know, for us, it was. Well, that Nebraska good food, that's for sure. Oh, my gosh. Best nutrition staff in the country. Bar none. <laughs> bar none. But but it, but I can't fit into a lot of my clothes right now because of, because of how damn good a job they do. Uh, <laughs> but they're they're terrific. But, yeah, as a young coach, you are just scrapping. And, and, and I think that's what Matt and I kind of shared that experience at a young age. You know, in Reading, we'd be like, all right, where's wing night? We got to beat the players there because if we're there before the players, we get to stay and they have to leave. So that was our deal. So we'd, we'd, we'd hustle to get to wing night so that we could get there and, and get cheap wings. You know what I mean? <laughs> we had no stick of money and that cafeteria food just, just you know, runs out on you. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's fantastic. So from your journey, like when you look at back at it and you and Matt really hit it off and. You know, you guys really came on the scene at Temple University, and it, which is so interesting of how you built that program. And, you know, you're in charge of the program. You're now the GM, and so you're director of football operations, which oversees what? Recruiting. I mean, everything when it comes to the program itself, compliance and all. So so I, I have shifted here at Nebraska. So. Um, when I was at Temple and when I was at Baylor uh, and even in Carolina, to an extent, I was really more football operations, not so much on the recruiting. We had a, a different apparatus uh, as far as recruiting, but I would sort of different all the different operating units that are involved, whether it be under our purview or we are associated with it. So like the training room, the strength and conditioning um, all of the, the the rehab, that sort of medical piece, 
how that connects with all of our academic support and all of the people that handle all of that academic support. Uh, because coming out of that is study halls, is class checks, is you know all of those things that you need to do if you want to run an accountable program. And one of the things at Temple is, is that Philly's such a great town that you have to stay on top of the guys because there's so much to do. There's so much to get into. There's so much going on in the city that you sort of have to run a tight ship so that, you know, you can make sure that guys are where they're supposed to be. They're on time. They know there's accountability. You know, there's more to do in Philly than there is in Waco, Texas. So you got to make sure that the Philly guys are, are you know, they, they have a, a good handle and that they know what they're, where they're supposed to be and what the expectations are. So all of these different operating units, you know, that feed up into the football program or from administration top down, from compliance that, 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 that comes over and then how recruiting connects into all of that, especially when it comes to, you know, the operations associated with the people are flying in, kids need hotel rooms, all of those types of things. The, the, the job in football operations is to take all of that crap off of the football coaches' plates. Yeah. All of that stuff off so that the coaches don't think about that at all. They're not worried about that. And as much as you can take off of the head coaches, um, you know, good friend of mine, Ron Schertz, always says uh, he addressed the team. Uh, and he always says this is, you know, do what your boss hates. You know, do the things you hate. Go take that. Well, you know, I'm an old ball coach. I don't I don't love it. Deep down, I'm still a D-line coach. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm like, maybe there's a shot somewhere I can just, get, you know. But meanwhile, I know the best thing that I can do for the coaches is to take all of these things and all these worries off their plate. And here at Nebraska, I have shifted over into uh, into recruiting and into um, the NIL space. And uh, but I still, you know, help our chief of staff and our DFO with how all of this interconnected is. But our goal is to let the coaches coach uh, and let the players play, and for us to quiet all the other noise that can come creeping in uh, and, and to make sure that they're taking care of their business. Because listen, as a student, you, you start the semester fast, you start the semester right. Then when midterms come around, you're not sitting there scrambling and saying, oh my God, I have an 11 page paper that I haven't even started yet. And we've got practice and I've got this and I've got that. Cause guess what happens when your cortisol levels get all jacked up because of your stress, you get hurt, you get wow. hurt. So even when you take care of the reason you want to keep academic stress down is because you want to keep people healthy. So all of those things matter. And when you start the semester off right and you start the semester off knowing I got this, I got that, I got that, I got that, that it doesn't lead to stress as the season because the season in and of itself is going to be stressful. Uh, you're going to have ups, you're going to have downs, you're going to have family visiting, you're going to have this, you're going to have your girlfriend, you're going to have, you know, all these things stress as the semester goes the noise gets louder and the stress becomes higher. And our job is just to make sure the things that we can help them control to make sure they control it and dominate it so that they can focus on the things that they need to focus on, you know, from a football perspective. And don't forget our Yo Kids Sports Podcast is presented by Primo Hoagies. Listen, know what I've always said for years and years and years. It's not just a hoagie. It's a Primo. And uh, this fall, whether you're tailgating, football, soccer, it's youth, you name it, make sure you got your Primo Hoagie party tray. 
Nothing like it for the big game. And speaking of football and the big game, this fall we're giving away a trip to Vegas to see the very big game to one very lucky, very deserving coach. So if you know a youth coach that you think deserves recognition for their outstanding dedication and passion, make your nominations today. Primohogies.com. You can go directly mvc.primohogies.com. Our most valuable coach promotion here at Primo's. I love it. We, we got to shine some love, give some love to these youth coaches that spend their time, many of whom uh, just getting an earful and <laughs> no compensation. So they're the best. Nominate your favorite coach. Again, it's the uh, Primo Hoagies Most Valuable Coach Contest. I love it. I think it's great. And who knows? Maybe they'll get to see uh, the birds at the big game. Wouldn't that be something? You, you uh, Obviously, that's sports science about the cortisol levels. That I, I think There's a correlation between stress and your body sensing and feeling stress and getting injured? Yeah, li- yeah, literally. I mean, stress is a killer. Uh, you know, stress is a killer in, in, in many ways. Um, but there are, you know, we track academic stress. Our mm-hmm. sports scientist, Mitch Sholowinski, like Mitch, you know, of all the different things that he's tracking, we're tracking body weight. We're tracking hydration levels. We're asking them about their sleep scores. And a lot of these things are, are, are voluntary. We're asking them about their soreness level. He's also tracking assignments, how many assignments are due? How many of this are due? How many? Because all of those things from nutrition, all of those things, whether it's you know doing force play jumps so we can check for asymmetry, uh, to any number of things that we're doing can all be contributors uh, to injury. And we want to reduce the amount of injuries because you know what else? What happens when you do get hurt? Kids get sad. Kids yeah. start doing bad in school. Kids feel like they're not connected. Uh, to the rest of the team, uh, and and you really have to make sure that you you put your arms around those guys when they do get hurt. But the best way to avoid all that is to not get hurt. And 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 if you're taking care of your business, and you're taking care of your body, and you're treating it like a pro, and you're taking all of this stuff seriously, then you can reduce uh, you can reduce those injuries for sure. What what are you t- what's your messaging to the to the freshmen that? Are coming in, and I want to get into recruiting and youth football, the whole thing. But I find this so so interesting. You're when you're talking to the incoming freshmen. I mean, you're talking about kids that were elite kids their own high schools, and now coming to a place where everybody's elite. This is the pinnacle of college football, the pinnacle of Saturdays, hundred thousand strong in Lincoln. Um, what, what's what's your messaging and? and it could be a lot really overwhelming for a kid, I could imagine. Yeah, very much so. I think that we do. So we have um, one of the operating units that we interface with is our sports psychology, Dr. Brett Haskell. And Dr. Haskell is is, in, is involved on, on our recruiting visits. When you come on your recruiting visit, you meet Dr. Haskell. And Dr. Haskell talks to these guys when they're here on their visit. And she's her and her team, they're also all dual certified in terms of just overall wellness. So they're not just sports psych. They're also, you know, folks that can check in on your, your overall well-being and, and um, they're, they're, they're completely well-rounded. We've never had, we've had individuals, but we've never had a full team the way that we have here. So, so that starts. I also think that um, because we have a, we have a big staff and people criticize us for, 
for it. But, you know, listen, I'd rather spend money on people uh, and having people around these guys because it is kids do get, you know, the bends in reverse. All of a sudden they weren't, you know, they went from, you know, everybody wants to, you know, recruiting, everybody wants to know sure. everything they're doing, everything. And then, and then they show up here and they, they throw their bag down and, 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 and now they're in the fight with everybody else and everybody else is competing. So I think the number of people we, we stress to everybody on staff is everyone's trying to make a connection with these guys. You never know who's going to connect with somebody. And you're always being intentional about making connections with these young people because you never know who's going to see what. You know what I mean? You're never going to know who's going to see somebody that's really struggling. Hey, man, I was talking to so-and-so. He's kind of down, man. I don't know. Are you seeing the same thing? And that way you can kind of get out in front of kids that are really having problems adjusting. Um, the problem, one of the difficulties is they put so much stress on themselves. They put so much stress on themselves. They feel like they should be microwave all Americans. Uh, and, and, and everybody at home doesn't get all the work that needs to go to get you from here to here. It might only be a little bit of space, but it takes so much to get you there. And you're battling, uh, com competing directly with everybody. And that's, that's sort of the great thing about sport, right? It's the only class you take in pure competition, right? You're taking pure competition and it's collectively you as a group competing against another group. And it's you as an individual competing against other guys in your position group or on kickoffs or everything like that. And it, and it's hard and, and it's supposed to be hard. Uh, that's why it's so rewarding, but you gotta have, make sure that these young guys, like it's gotta be very personal. You know, and you said, what's the message? Well, it's gotta be personal with each individual guy. Sometimes they're just not there yet developmentally. Like we had, we, you know, we had young, one young man, it's only his first year of football uh, or, or second year of football, played just his senior year and is here. So that guy's far away. But you show them on tape, you're not that far away. It feels like you're that far away. But look at, you know, you took a bad step. You took a bad angle. You took a bad, all of those, you didn't have the right hand placement. All of those things make you feel like you're so far away. But you correct this piece, you correct this piece, you correct this piece, you correct this piece. And all of a sudden, and you rep it and you rep it and you rep it and it's there. But you have to reach out to these young folks and make sure, meet them where they're at and, and get a sense of, where they're at and, and make sure that they understand, hey, there's a plan for you. Like you're here for a reason. There is a plan for you. Don't think that this track that you're on um, is, is predetermined and predefined. Uh, it's a journey and you don't know which way it's gonna go, whether it be injury or whether red shirting, uh, you know, there, there's a journey to all of this, but you just gotta keep putting one foot in front of the other and, and, and battling every single day no matter what comes and, and have that what's next mentality. And so I wouldn't say it's, it's one message. Like some kids, some, some guys are going to be freshmen are going to play. Some guys are going to be freshmen. They might not play until they're seniors. Uh, and so some guys might play three different positions. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a journey for all these guys. So more than just a singular message, it's more of a message to our staff to say, everybody here is trying to make connections with the young people on our staff so that we can all intervene when they're down on just the, the littlest thing or the littlest day and, and, and to have somebody say, Hey, you know, you, you making that play from behind on that, uh, on that outside zone today was really good. You know, that was a nice job. And he's a scout teamer. He's a scout team Raider. And I uh, didn't even know anybody was watching him make that play. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, you know, the kids, kids a little pepped up. Hey, I didn't, you know, I didn't think anybody cared. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. if you can, if you can have that, you know, intentional connection with these, you know, with these young people, then you got a shot to be out in front when they're down in the dumps or when today's not their day to work hard. You know what I mean? You don't want them giving up days. You know what I mean? You want them because sure. that's the way they're going to develop. That's the way they're going to reach their full potential. Uh, and, and frankly speaking, that's the way we're going to, you know, win a Big Ten championship. How unique you mentioned the uh, one of your players who only played one year of football up until this year. What? How rare is is that? I mean, that's how did you find him? Um, just shoe leather you know what i mean just right coaches out on the road talking to other coaches um you know a lot of some guys are on the radar from the time they're freshmen uh and some guys don't emerge on the radar until i mean heck the nfl's filled with guys that you know played basketball and then decided to give it a shot or specialized in baseball and then you know played a couple years and you know uh and, and and now you know came back so there, there's all sorts of different stories, but in terms of how you find that guy, it's pure shoe leather. It's pure coaches going, just stopping by another high school, hitting that sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth high school a day to go shake that coach's hand and 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 find out, hey, coach. And then the coach says, you know what? I didn't talk to you this guy back when you were here in May because I didn't know he was going to be able to do this. Uh, but you should take a look at this guy. You know what I mean? And and, and that happens. And, it, and then to be able to, you know, be able to talk to them about development and say, listen, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, but we think that you have the potential and we believe in you. And when they come here and they struggle, 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 you have to continue to engage them. Say, it's going to be all right. You're making steps that you don't even know, that you don't even see, that you don't even realize on tape. So when does when do you think the process begins? Like, so I have a, an eighth grader who plays football. In fact, one of his teammates is six four, about two forty, and like he just and he's not reclassified. He's a legitimate eighth grader who is a, a beast of a kid, and uh, you know, he's already starting to get some attention in eighth grade. Like, when does that? you know, kind of start and when the kids finally get on the radar and or, or that sort of thing. Cause it's such a weird kind of world. This, this thing. I, I think somebody pre high school. Well, here, here's where, here's how someone like that gets on a radar, whether what, whatever position it is it's through camps. Uh, yeah. It's, it's going to camps. Uh, people say, well, how do we, you know, I have, you know, I've had cousins that, you know, have, you know, been recruiting age or now I have friends, their kids are all, starting to get to that recruiting age and everything like that more than anything else no matter the level no matter the level in my opinion and we believe in this here um is go to camps go to go to the camps go to nova's camp go to millersville's camp go to albright's camp go to temple's camp go show them who you are go show them you at the front of the line you want to get the extra reps you taking the coaching and, and putting it into action, like show people, because, you know, I can just, you know, tell you from the temple camps is it, and, and, and here as well, we have coaches from all different levels that are there. You know what I mean? Even if you're not, you know, even if you're not somebody that, uh, you know, that, that coach rule or, or coach Franklin is going to have their, their eye on in there, but 
you know, there's Coach Ferranti sure as shoot might, uh, or or some of those other coaches that you know that are at that level. You know what I mean? Some guy, some guy at Eastern might be like, hey, really? You know, what I mean, all of a sudden, like, I I had a wonderful Division three program. You know, uh, uh, you know, Coach Coach Gutt at Catholic might see you there. You know what I mean? Down at the, you're at the Maryland camp, but Coach Gutt is there from 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 Catholic U, and all of a sudden, you're getting you 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 make their radar. You know what I mean? And I also think technology um, makes it so that I'm, I'm not a huge proponent of services. Uh, you know, there, there are certain, you know, national ones that we subscribe to and, the, and they're very good, but the, um, but we have the resources to watch everybody that we need to watch, you know what I mean? So ours, ours is a little bit different, but nothing, nothing replaces going there and getting it done, uh, right in front of them. You know what I mean? No one said, you know, uh, you know, eight hours worth of work in front of a, in front of a position coach, just showing it over and over and over again. Uh, I think is uh, invaluable. Do you believe in in youth football? Do you believe in in you know learning the game from a younger age? I mean, some depends on who you talk to. Yeah, I think that. So when I got out of, so I coached for about ten years, uh, and then I got out of football. I went to the private sector. I moved from. I was a D line coach at Fordham, and then after that season, I resigned and moved back to Philly, uh, and 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 lived in lived in Philly and I coached um, the five and six year olds uh, for the West Philly Tar Heels. Uh, awesome. I, yeah. I coached coached five and six year olds uh, West Philly Tar Heels. That's awesome. And it was so much fun. It was, everybody was in it for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Everybody there. Um, nobody was there reliving their own glory as a, you know what I mean? Everybody was yeah. there for the kids. It was all about the kids and it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I think the value to the people of West Philadelphia um, may be different to the value people at Marsh Creek, uh, you know, but but I know that those parents, it was very important for them to have these guys in, involved in football and to have these young people engaged at a young age and to, to carry that engagement um, for a long time. I also think that, um, you know, I started playing football, you know, in fifth grade uh, and, you know, carried it all the way, you know, up through college. I think that, you know, everyone says, what's the right age to to start or, or anything like that? And that's complete. Frankly, it's going to be when your kid demands it, really wants to play it. You know what I mean? I think that if you want to play, if you want to play high school football, it, this is just my opinion, but if you want to play high school football and the potential of maybe playing in college, but at the very least, if you want to play high school football, in my humble opinion, you should at least be in pads by seventh grade. Yeah, I think. I think the first time you suit up shouldn't be in ninth grade against tenth and eleventh graders that have been playing football for a while. Seventh grade, you're not quite as fast to really, you know what I mean. But the first time you see that speed, and the first time you know you, you got to hit somebody, you know what I mean. Probably should be when you're a little bit younger. So that you can learn the proper technique, so that you're hit, you're keeping your head out of there, you're near foot, near shoulder, and you're not, um, you know, the, the first time you hit somebody shouldn't be when you're potentially going to hit a man, you know what I mean? And and if you start at the high school level, I feel like, I feel like you'd, you'd be better served starting at an earlier age, when you're a kid, so that you can learn properly how to do it, and 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 to, um be playing for an organization that 
that values proper technique over winning ball games. And I think you can get that at a younger age. I think at a younger age, I know that that's the way things were in West Philly as far as our younger, our younger guys, and this is going way back, but as far as our younger guys, the stress was on doing it the right way, making them tackle the right way. Kid puts his head down. You correct that. You yeah. make, you make sure that you make a point uh, of correcting that. So the guys, cause you see it today, kids, some guys can't hit with, so they're not ambidextrous with, with their shoulders. Yeah. All of a sudden yeah. they have to make a play and then they twist themselves and they hit, try and hit with the shoulder they're more comfortable with and their head gets in the way. And all yeah. of a sudden, you know what I mean? Like, no, you gotta be ambidextrous. You gotta be able to hit with this shoulder, hit with that shoulder. Like you, all of those skills and techniques you learn at a young age. And, and that's why I'm a, I'm a big advocate, uh, you know, of youth football. Yeah. It's funny. I'm glad you said that because I, I feel the same way. I also think it, it gives kids a sense of pride. I know it gave my son um, when he first started playing. He, he, baseball really wasn't his sport, and I think he struggled a little bit. And you know, he's all right basketball, but I, I said, "Let's go, let's play some football." And he was bigger. And man, and just when he got through practice, the end of training camp, as soon as we started the season, I watched that chest go up and the shoulders go back. And, and he felt it like, because you know this, when you're just getting through a training camp, right? Like getting through, you know, that summer heat practice, you know, when you're, and when you're a kid doing that, that's an accomplishment. You know, I remember the, some of the coaches saying, look, a lot of kids right now, they're at the swim club, they're on video games, they're home in the air condition, and you're out here every night for two hours in a hot, buggy field, you know, working advantage you for doing that no question you learn something about yourself you learn something about yourself at, at you know at a young age you learn how to overcome you learn that you got more to you than you think you did you know what i mean like you're in that first practice i remember my first game a field and country against the golden bears and some guy just knocked me in the dirt and continued to knock me in the dirt and continue you know it was one of them, you know the youth a touchdown could take six minutes it right. takes so long. They're playing on a hundred yard field. It right. takes you thinking long. And you're just like, well, this guy just kept boom, just boom, just boom, just kept burying me, kept burying me. And I played my last high school football game at that field. And I hope that guy was playing for Archbishop Kennedy because I was probably knocking him in the dirt that night. Because, <laughs> but you learn something about yourself. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah. boy, I really, I really got crushed today. Some, this guy really took me to the cleaners, but I'm, but I'm going to be back. You know what I mean? I'm going to be back. I'm going to keep fighting. And you learn something about yourself in youth sports. And I think in particular youth football, whether it's you against somebody else or whether it's you against you, whether it's those sprints, at the end of practice, uh, you know what I mean? It, those are, I think they're invaluable lessons for young people to, to, to learn about yourself and, you know, oh, it, it, you know, it, it builds character, it reveals character. I don't care which it is. Um, I, I think it I think it builds it. I don't think it reveals it. I think it builds it, especially in the youth. Get yourself, push yourself off the earth and get yourself back on your feet. Uh, the more you can do that as a young person, I think it benefits you greatly in the long run. Yeah, I, I'm I'm so with you. It's such a I, just the sport, the football is such um first of all, we have a, an amazing love affair in this country with it. And uh, which is beautiful, 
I mean, you're in the heart, you know, in the heartland and in the the hot bed of it all, right? In the at Lincoln. But I, I I love the fact that there is this kind of, you know, the physicality. I think it's good for boys to be physical. I, and I think to get that exertion out, to build that stuff, I, I think just for their development, right? And like it's not for everybody, but I think for a lot of kids, it, it can really have a net positive even if they're not playing in Nebraska and they just play through high school, it just, it just helps them physically and mentally to get through those tough, those tough, you know, stages of adolescence. I agree. I agree. Like you're, you're going to go through something at some point and how are you going to know what you have under the hood? You know, mm-hmm. how, how are you going to know what you have? Like things aren't always going to go right. You know what I mean? As, as you get older, you're going to, you know, you're going to knock it into that school you wanted to get into or, you know, or, or, or you're going to get injured or you're not that good at, you know, at this particular sport, but, or, or, or this particular thing. But I think that early on, if you can kind of learn some of these lessons where it felt like I'm never going to be any good at this. And then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? You, you make a tackle, uh, you know what I mean? Or you, you learn how to get off that block. You, you, you feel the development. The kid feels the development. Welcome to Primo. How can we help you today? One old-fashioned meatball and make it quick because I got practice. You got it, coach. Congratulations, coach. You've been nominated by your team to win two tickets to the big game. Wait, nominated? So I didn't win? Smile. Not it, coach. Most valuable Not coach. it. Smile, Not coach. it. Smile. Come on, smile. Smile for the coach. You got to be kidding me. Smile, coach. coach. Sean, how, how do you, the role of, you know, puberty, when you're talking about, you know, these kids and, you know, whether it's, you know, it's like seventh through ninth grade. I mean, like you see the difference. We, we in fact, had uh, a game against a bunch of reclassified eighth graders. They were like 15 years old. And it was, like, it was literally like going up against, you know, men, uh, eighth graders, like on our team, we're like 12 and 13 and going up against 50 year olds. It was it was such a drastic difference when you were looking at recruiting and the whole thing and, you know, the role of puberty and development. I mean, how just huge is that whole thing? We had a, a, a receiver today, you know, we send out, you know, to the staff, you know, birthdays, you know, like, hey, so and so. Hey, it's Jalen Lloyd's 18th birthday today. And we were like, oh my gosh, he's only 18. He's just, you know what I mean? He's just a puppy, like, oh, you know, like his ceiling. And 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 there, and then, then there are conversations that you have about whether, you know, a young person has hit their ceiling. You know right. what I mean? You, you say, well, is he, you know, for, for us, it's not that we don't want great players ready to go right now, but we we sort of pride ourselves on on developmental, you know what I mean? Like. We want to make sure that we're a developmental team. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many of those guys from those Temple teams are still playing football in the NFL, come in no stars, yeah. two stars, one stars, and, you know, and, and then they're, you know, runner-up for defensive player of the year or captain of this or, you know, so so there's development. So there, there you do have conversations about where where do you project this individual two years from now, three years from now. Like that's a that's an absolute conversation that we have is what will this individual be three years from now? See all conference, is he this, is he, that? you know what I mean? Like we, we, we do play the projection game and what, 
the ceiling is from a developmental standpoint. Um, but I mean, puberty, I mean, you're talking much younger than, uh, you know, than I'm dealing with at this point right now. I mean, my, my time in youth sports was really just something to continue to give back. You know what I mean? It was really just having fun, you know what I mean? It was really just having a good time, but I'll tell you an interesting story. So in between the Panthers and Nebraska, I worked for a company and we did a lot of performance analytics and injury analytics. So the NFL, all of their electronic medical records is, is this company and uh, Premier League. And, and so I would go through, I was talking to a friend of mine who was over, uh, you know, he's over in Scotland, but he worked for the Premier League. And we were talking about some of the youth academies. And he was telling me, I said, what? I'm looking through all these different customizable um, uh, programs that they're doing for guys in this study and that study. And, and I said, what is maximum height velocity? What is that? I saw that in this thing you guys did for Chelsea FC. And he said, well, that's a growth spurt. He said, when they had a growth spurt, Chelsea shuts their guys down for, for like a couple of weeks. Like if they wow. see a big growth spurt, they will shut kids in their academy down and let, and take them through rudimentary type exercises. They, they, they get them to stop playing. They, they stop, they stop playing and just drill them for a little while in order for them to gain, you know, to, to get, because they, this is not me, but they, they felt that there was an increased risk of injuries when those growth spurts would happen. Now, if you're not playing, you know, in, if you're not playing, if you're playing solely for Chelsea FC and that's, you're in the right. academy and you, you know, then, 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 you know, they'll shut you down. But, you know, if you say, Hey, listen, I'm shutting my kid down and you're going to have, <laughs> you're going to have his travel baseball coach be like, what are you talking about? I need him, you know, but, but in these these programs that 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 have these these academies that are that are taking that kind of care of 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 their assets, uh, you know they they've got them on GPS tracking, you know at at the youth level it's it's kind of wild. But when it comes to puberty, when when they hit it, they'll shut them down for a little while, uh, just to make sure that they they get their you know get their dexterity right, and make sure that their balance is good and everything is that because they don't want them to get hurt. It's wild. Wow. I didn't even realize that there's an increase. You don't even think of that, that there's an increased chance of injury because, you know, you shot up two inches or three inches and then you're just off, off kilter. A little that bit. was, the, that was their hypothesis. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. mine. Um, but, but that was what the study was. There was all these customizable studies and I would look through them and read through them and try and understand what they were trying to figure out here. And, and I asked Bridgie, I'm like, Hey, what, what is this? What is this maximum height? What is this? And he goes, it's growth spurt. He said, wow. they, will, they, will shut, they will shut their guys down for a little while uh, to make sure that they're, that they're good. That's wild. That's unbelievable. Oh my God. Do, do you, when you're talking about position and obviously, I mean, kids will change positions at every level, right? Like all the time. So, so I, what do you do for a kid you know, do you, would you like to see them exposed to every position? Like, what, well, like, what if I, I got a kid who's uh, got a big arm, right? Do you yeah. send him the quarterback camps? Do you send him the personalized coaches? If I have a big kid who's a line, do I send him to like a line coach? What's your belief in that and getting him ready for someone like you? I think that, um, you know, quarterback's a special position. Um, quarterback's from a recruiting standpoint or almost a year ahead of everybody else. 
You know what I mean? Guys that are getting offered as sophomores. Yes. You know, quarterbacks are getting offered earlier. You know what I mean? They're they're sort of a different, uh, they're sort of a different animal. And 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 because let's be honest, you know, you go you go to the NFL and and what do you got? 14, 15 really good quarterbacks. And then after that, there's you want to know why? It's not that those other guys aren't trying, they're trying really hard. It's just really hard to do. It's just incredibly hard to do. You know what I mean? And that's why there's only a few people in the world that can actually do it. There, how many people in the world are trying to be great quarterbacks? And there's not that many of them, a couple of right. dozen. You know what I mean? But yet all over the, you know, they really, so quarterback's kind of a different thing. Um, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say, oh, you know, pull them out and not have them play other positions or other things like that. Um, you know, we, we, see, we see both sides of it in that a lot of the time in the state of Texas, kids don't play both ways. They have big enough programs, you know what I mean? And you see some, some of these wide receivers, you know, and they're 6'2", 210, and you're like, man, he could be 6'2", 240, and just smacking people. You know what I mean? And you're like, yeah, being, uh, I would love off to the edge. With the, with love, that yeah, exactly. Could he, could he rush the passer? Uh, you know, and, 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 and that's the thing. Listen, when everything is said and done, if you can be the quarterback or affect the quarterback, you're going to have a, you're going to play a long time. And, and so you, you have to sort of guess a lot of times with these Texas guys, you have to progress because they don't play both ways. Whereas a lot of times, some of the, some of the other States, uh, you do see kids playing both ways. So you're like, Oh, I wonder if he'll hit anybody. Oh yeah, he will. You know what I mean? But a, a wide out, you, sometimes you don't get a chance to see that. And so, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, everybody's different, but I'd love to see a guy play multiple positions throughout their career. Cause I also think that it helps their understanding. If you've played yes. safety, if you've played safety, then at quarterback, you know how to move a safety with your eyes, you know, and that's big. Yes. 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 Do you, do you see the differences? Like when you're on the recruiting trail and, you know, seeing all this talent all around the country, the traits and the characteristics from the different parts of the country, from Florida to like the, the Rust Belt to, you know, you mentioned Texas or the Midwest. What's sort of the character traits that you like to kind of stand out? Or is it kind of homogenized now? I think that there's different, I wouldn't say that, you know, you, you wouldn't sit there and say, oh, you can't get a good O-lineman out of Florida. Like that's not true. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Or, you know, a lot of Texas is spread, you know what I mean? So you don't see a lot of guys playing fullback uh, or playing tight end in some of these places, but other places, you know, there's other schools in Texas that are running 22 and they're, you know, they got two backs and two tight ends and, and, and they are doing it. So to say that like one area of the country is, is more than the other, but you do have, um, you know, some areas of the country that play at 12 months out of the year. You know what I mean? So, or that play, you know, that are playing, uh, you know, seven on seven all year long. You know what I mean? So you do, there are some places like down South, sometimes you get more skilled players from a quantity standpoint uh, than you do some, you know, say in the Northeast, because, you know, in the Northeast kids are playing basketball or they're wrestling or, you know, I mean, they're inside, you know what I mean? Whereas, whereas that, you know, down South guys are playing seven on seven all year long. And so you do from a number standpoint, you, you may see more uh, skilled players down there, but 
you know, it's, it's, it's a give and take, but I wouldn't say that in this particular area, you get this, this particular area, you get that because there's good players at good position, you know, at different positions all over the country, but seasonally that can impact, uh, you know, that can impact the numbers at times. Yeah. Do you like kids that play all the sports? Yeah, I do. Uh, I don't know. Football is kind of different because it isn't year round. No one's, no one's on my spring 11 man football team. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it's, it's a different, it's different than, than these other sports. Football for the most part is one of the things that remains sort of from a recruiting standpoint, a, a straight line thing. Like you talk to the coach, right? Cause there's one coach, there isn't an AAU coach. Now, a lot of these teams are, you know, we mentioned seven on seven before a lot of these, you know, there are sort of this emerging sort of, AAU type, you know, seven on seven, you know, not scholastic type programs that are happening, but for football's sake, it's pretty much right through the high school coach. It's pretty much through the, through that, or at least you're, you're, you're engaging with the high school coach. And then you may engage with multiple other people with regard to the recruiting of it, but it, it will start uh, and end with their coach um, because football is sort of singular in that you're really only playing for one football team. Uh, and so therefore you really start, uh, there with that particular coach, whereas some of these other sports, it's just different. Uh, AAU basketball, yeah, you know, baseball is a million, you know, you're playing for a million of your travel teams. So, yeah, I just, I just hope that, I just hope that for, for, you know, just growing up, you know, uh, you know, in Philly and, 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 uh, you know, in, in Norristown, I, I hope that we don't lose the regional scholastic teams in some of these other sports you know, you know, not everything needs to be a commercial driven, uh, you know, team yeah. that gets put together from all over the place. And, and believe me, there's a, there's a, a place for them and, and, and they do amazing things and they take kids to, to levels that, you know, maybe the, you know, the, the dad that's helping out with the CYO team can't. Uh, and I understand that, but I think there's also something about, you know, growing up, you know, playing the guys from, you know what I mean? Like, you know, growing up and playing the guys from the other side of town, you know what I mean? Growing up and, sure. and, and you know, I, I hope that doesn't disappear. You know what yeah. I mean? No, I think there's a charm. There's a charm to all that. Do, do you, do you look at, when you look at certain kind of levels of play, right? Like, so let's look at football and let's look at your sport and you're looking at all these kids and you're going, all right, um, are you better off missing a year or kind of reclassifying from eighth grade or to go to an academy like IMG? You know, you see a lot of that, you know, where kids now are 19, 20 coming into college. Like, do you, for parents, do you think it's a good idea to do that? I, I think it's an individual type thing. I've seen success okay. in, in every different direction. I've seen guys that, um, you know, that, that reclassified and, and, and you have the conversation says, is he maxed out? You know what I mean? Like, is there much growth left, uh, you know, in this guy's or, or you see like the guy I mentioned earlier, like, right. Jay, like, boy, he's going to be something like he's just, yeah. a puppy, you know what I mean? So I think you, I think you sort of see it both ways. I don't think there's a right or a wrong to it. I think there's a maturity factor to it too. I think that if you've got a, a, a young person that, you think kind of needs some growing up to do, uh, you know, then maybe that is, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe they need another year to appreciate the opportunity that they have uh, to take care of it. But it's been a problem 
you know, my old man used to work for this auditor general's office for, for Governor Casey. And one of the first things they he had to do was go to Mount Carmel, PA, and, and knocking on doors trying to find out if people were reclassifying their kids just for football. And everybody just slammed their door in his face. And this is, you know, this is the 70s, you know what I mean? So people have been reclassing kids, certainly in Pennsylvania, for a long time. Yes. Uh, it's not something brand new, to be completely honest with you. The coal region's been doing it for quite some time, you know? So it's a, I think it's not a new thing, but in terms of, is it the right thing or the wrong thing? I think that's completely up to the parents uh, and, and the kids, you know, um, I, I, I don't know. I've seen success in both directions. How do you, uh, how's the, to get back to your job real quick. And I'm fascinated by this, the, the NILs and mm -hmm. we've seen it now, you know, drift into the youth sports level, right? Into high school level. It's, a, it's amazing. What has this done for collegiate sports? I mean, what this whole thing that's just become a monster? For me personally, I love it. Um, I absolutely love it. Number one, um, everybody can clutch their pearls all they want. It was nine nothing by the Supreme Court. It wasn't even close. So I, um, I fully support it. I love it. I love the way that we're doing it. Um, you can have a philosophy. There's, you know, different philosophies for how you want it. Um, I work with with our collective 1890 and we talk philosophy. We don't talk about an individual, hey, give him this or do that or anything like that. But philosophically, we want a broad base. Um, we want to not be a sweepstakes type program, but a type of program where everybody sort of gets a uh, gets some love. You know what I mean? And, and gets and, and, and that's a choice you make. Because maybe there's some super, super, superstars uh, that might be not in your in your orbit. But we feel like in order to have a locker room, um, the type of locker room that we want to have, that we chose from a philosophical standpoint to, 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 to have a broad base. And we had 100, uh, 100 athletes, uh, 1890 put 100 athletes under contract uh, in some way, shape or form. And that's a choice that we make. And that's a choice that that they made. Uh, you know, with regard to those individuals, but it's a choice that you can make in terms of uh, in terms of how you want the thing to be structured. And um, I love it because in the recruiting process, you really get to know what what a kid's all about. You know right. what I mean? You really get to have you get to have good conversations with them, and you also get to take the steam out of some of these families that could really use the help. You yeah. know, I, I remember being at Temple and, and we had a guy, uh, you'd know the name. Um, and and just one day he's, he's just stacking like a jerk. And I pulled him aside. I'm like, what's going on, man? I'm like, what, you all right? You know, it's this isn't like you. And he said, mom just got an eviction notice. And I'm like, oh, oh. man, like, you know, he's, I, I, you know, he's got two younger siblings. One's a baby. And he has this sort of remorse that he can't go do help. He can't help. You know what I mean? He can't help. Well, that's happening all over the roster. You know what I mean? That's happening. You get 130 young people. Uh, you know, you are the one that's supposed to, you know, that's going to save the family. Sure. And, 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 and we have these big aspirations for you. And they have big aspirations on themselves. And they feel all of this pressure. And for them to be able to take the pressure off of their families uh, and, and sort of spread out some of this love and some of what they're getting, I think is absolutely invaluable. I couldn't tell you how many kids were stressed out about parents struggling 
families struggling, uh, and they almost had this sort of, you know, pardon the phrase, survivor's remorse that they're here in this dynamite facility, getting fed sure. all the great food and everything in the world, and 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 back home things aren't as rosy. And um, this helps. This 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 really helps. NIL helps families. Uh, it helps young people. It it um, I love it. And when you talk to young people, and if that's all they want to talk about, they're not talking. They're not. They don't care about their development. They don't care about school. All they want to know is what the number is. Then you say this might not be the right place for you because that's not where our priorities are going to be. But in the same regard, um, I feel that we're competitive with anybody in terms of the overall, uh, you know, offerings that you know that that our collective has. But in terms of this this whole process, you know, we choose a broad base so that we feel that from a philosophical standpoint, it, it, we think it's going to be a better roster as a result of that uh, and, and in the recruiting process, um, there's every right for them to make this money. And these are the rules and people can sit there and say, oh, I don't think it should be. And then, well, what are you gonna do? You're gonna put two feet down to call it a touchdown just because you feel the second foot should go down. No, it's one foot, put one foot in. Those are the rules. Well, the rules are this, is that these collectives allow are allowed to, to to compensate these guys for their name, image, and likeness. We had a guy that, uh, you know, it was just he was just running late to one of his uh, appearances. I'm like, you got to go see this company, man. Like this is a <laughs> company. Like you don't understand. Like this company could hire you down the road. Yeah. You know I mean? Like you need to go. You need to go there and show out and shake hands and you know what I mean. Really do it. There's really great opportunities in these fulfillment, uh, you know, obligations that these guys have. Uh, to further themselves and to further their career, especially in a place like Lincoln, where they love you forever. If you're at Cornhusker, they love you forever. Uh, and so it's like, get out, know these people, shake their hands. It's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. And I, I'm, I'm just a huge fan of, of NIL. I think that it's, I think if, you know, uh, well, my camera's jacked up. You can't see, I have, a, I have a Renaissance painting up on my wall here because everyone's like, oh, it's the Wild West. It's not the Wild West, man. It's the Renaissance. Something wow. beautiful is coming. And so I enjoy it and love it. And I think it's it's wonderful to be able to uh, to see these guys, um, you know, be compensated for their name, image, and likeness. I love that. I love that. What advice would you have for youth football coaches? Oh, um, I would say, number one, I would say engage with USA football. Uh, I think that from a instruction standpoint, um, I, I, I never worked directly with them, but, um, you know, Gabe Infante, Gabe used to be the head coach at St. Joe's Prep. He's yep. now at Penn State. So Gabe's a good friend of mine. And, and I remember him talking about he would travel around for USA football and give instruction. And I remember just thinking that's a wonderful thing. You know what I mean? And, 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 I think that engage in that um, we, we used on the college level and even on the pro level, we used a, a, a company called Atavis that did, you know, that taught sort of the rugby tackle right? Um, and, and really taught, you know, near foot, near shoulder. Um, I think that I would spend a hell of a lot of time on safety. I think that the whole point um, of youth football, in my opinion, is if they want to keep playing and as, and as the bodies start moving faster, uh, and the collisions and, and those things start becoming, then you need to know how to do that uh, and how to properly, you know, bow your neck and strike properly 
keep your head out of there. Um, it's going to make you a safer football player. So youth coaches, I would say, please engage in as much as you can in terms of safety and instruction uh, and, and yourself getting as much educated as you can on it, getting educated on concussions and recognizing it and, and, and talking to your team about you don't keep it quiet. And if you see somebody that looks a little bit off, you say something, you say something to him, you say something to a coach, you say something to a trainer um, because the days of rub dirt on it are, 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 are gone. Yeah. Hey, you sprain your ankle, man, rub some dirt on it. You, you know, you're seeing stars, man. You get the hell out, get out. Yes. You know what I mean? Get out uh, and, and, and get yourself looked at. And, um, but from a safety standpoint, I would make sure that, you know, that they're well-educated and committed to, um, to that safety portion. And, um, and I would say, don't, you personally don't take it too seriously. Let them take it seriously, but you don't have to take it so seriously. It's not, it's not, it's not your wins and losses. You know what I mean? Uh, I know you're trying to teach them, but teach them grace too. You know what I mean? Teach them grace, teach them Beautiful. to move gracefully, teach them to respect their opponents, because guess what? You, you alluded to this earlier. Not everybody's playing football. You know what I mean? Not everybody is out there. And guess what? You can't play without an opponent. None of us can play football without an opponent. So respect the people that have taken the time and that line up across from you. There's a lot of disrespect in football, a lot of, you know, a lot of Instagram clips about who's saying what to whom and whatever. Uh, I think we got to get back to where we're respecting our opponents and it starts in the youth level and just know guys, if you, if, your league falls apart. You're going to have to drive four hours in order to play a football game if people don't want to play football anymore. And that would be a heartbreak to me. And so I think you've got to respect and honor the people that are lining up across from you uh, and that are working hard in the August heat and doing, you know, doing those things that the same thing you're doing, you got to respect those guys. And, and uh, you know, I would hope that coaches carried that uh, to their team. And lastly, what advice would you have or parents that either have football players, young football players, or are debating about whether or not their kids, their child should play? Well, number one, what's the kid want to do? Does the kid want to play? Um, if the kid wants to play, then, you know, it, it, still, you're still the parent. It's still your call. But, but I think that number one, would do they want to do it? Uh, and, and I would say, you know, this kind of goes back to your earlier question. Your coach has got to make it fun. You know what I mean? Cause you want kids to keep coming out there. I mean, our practice is fun. You know what I mean? Like we've got, you know, we've got a lot of pressure on us, but practice is fun. Uh, our guys are having a lot of fun and they're jabbing at each other and they're talking trash. And then they're, everybody's tapping each other afterwards because there's respect there. Um, so, you know, having fun. So the kid wants to do it. I say, let him do it. You know what I mean? That's just me. Like football is a great sport. It's given me my, you know, it's given me my entire career. Uh, has more or less been around for football. And when I tried to get away from it, I couldn't. I couldn't do Hold it. you back in. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. And so, you know, it's 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 given me a life and it's it's taught me some of the earliest lessons that I, you know, you know, that I carry with me all the way through happened on the football field. You know what I mean? Getting myself knocked down and knocked down and knocked down and, you know, push off the earth and get up. And, and that's, you know, my advice is, is, is that very thing. And, and the other thing is, is let coaches coach. Yeah. Let coaches coach. Yeah. I hate to say this. Uh, people will probably come at me, but you, you, you really, you, you watch the broadcast and you hear people talk about, they, they're not really talking about the important things game wise. 
They're really not talking about the things that you need to know in order to get ill, Jim Moore. You think you know, but you don't know. Uh, if, if you want to be critical of a coach, then coach. Pick up a clipboard. Pick up a whistle. Uh, <laughs> put your time in. You know what I mean? Don't just stand there, show up halfway through practice with your cup of coffee and start talking trash about <laughs> the coaches. You know, get there and coach. Grab a clipboard. Help out. You know what I mean? And, 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 and I would also say to parents, um, don't be in the negative column in terms of the assessment of that, of that young person. Like if, if I'm recruiting and I've got parents that are a little bit crazy, it's not good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's you know, if, 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 if they're difficult to deal with and you've got someone that's, that doesn't have difficult, you know, situations, you know, we'll sit down and have conversations, but you know, one of the things that coach rule does is the parent wants to talk about, you know, their athlete and why they're playing or why they're not playing. Those conversations always happen with the parent and the kid, the mm. parent and the player. And everything that coach says to the parent, he will say to the kid and everything he says to the kid, he will say to the parent, like, this is, you guys want to have a conversation about him. Then we're going to sit down and collectively, we're going to have a conversation and we'll put on the tape and we'll show practice habits and things like that. And, and none of this, like, Hey, let me talk to you about it. No, no, no. Why don't you and Johnny come here and we'll talk about it. Right. So, right. I mean, I want to make sure that you understand he's giving this instruction and he's not fulfilling this, and this is why this is happening. Or, or put the dang tape on him. He's not running the ball. He's not running the ball. Yeah, yeah he's not running the ball. He's got to run the football. You know what I mean? The, the the best value is is how close you are to the football by at the end of the play. Sure, you know? sure. Like that's a, that's a direct correlation to your value as a football player. Run to the football. Uh, so I think parents wise is is respect those coaches, uh, respect the work that they do. Um, and if you want to have conversations with them, then, then approach them respectfully, uh, you know, about playing time or about how they're approaching things. Um, but in the end, like, Hey man, pick up a whistle, uh, and, and do the work. Cause it ain't easy. It, it ain't easy. And, and being a coach, being an official, like those are the ones that make these things happen, make these leagues happen. And I think we gotta, we gotta respect them. Go on, Patton. You're uh, a treasure, man. I love it. And uh, thank you for hanging with us and, and giving your uh, thoughts and your wisdom, sharing it with uh, our audience. And listen, good luck, man. This is a, a great journey that you guys are just beginning in Lincoln. Thanks. Thanks, Anton. Everybody that was behind us at Temple, you're on this journey with us. Believe it, Philly. Hey, guys, here at Yo Kid Sports. For Brendan Petrilli and myself, Andy, Anthony Gargano, I just want to thank you for hanging on our channel. I, we love it, all right? We love doing this content. Just do us a solid and hit the subscribe button because the more people that we can reach, that we can amplify this thing, the better guests, the more content that we can produce. So do us a solid, hit the subscribe, tell your friends, your families, your coaches, get everybody subscribed because Chances are here at Yo Kid Sports, we're going to be talking about your kid or your coach. It's a lot of fun. Hang with us.